0: Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Workbrand.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Yakety Yak, a WandaVision cast. Uh, this time, we'll be talking about episode four, and uh, with me today is a special guest. Uh, Chris, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: My name is Chris Peruzzi, and I am a full-fledged geek. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I feel like you have to be to, to really be still in the show and, and be oh, following. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, I have yet to see number four yet. Um, I, I, I definitely have it on my... Uh, on my to do list for tonight, so uh, I've gotten through all one, two, and three. I have an idea of what's about to happen, but uh, oh, all- so you
0: didn't actually get to watch the episode? yet? No,
1: no, no. There hasn't Shit. been enough time. I tell you, it's just been uh,
0: it's okay. been
1: crazy, but uh, you know. Well, we, we we shall talk. So okay, we'll
0: yeah, yeah. Let's talk, let's definitely talk, talk. Uh, what is it? Um, I was gonna say we're gonna talk about episode four, but I guess not. We'll we'll call this three point five for uh, uh, for works. fans. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. All right, so, WandaVision. Yeah. What's going on? What's, what's happening here? Like, there's there's so many questions, and, yeah. uh, I, I love the show. I, there's a lot of great dark themes that yeah. I kind of like, and it, it contrasts really well with the sitcom stuff, but, uh, Chris, what were your thoughts so far on, I guess, episodes one, two, three?
1: There are, there are so many things at play here. Um, uh, there's... Well, first of all, what you're, what you're doing is you're basically taking two of the most complex characters, or uh, two characters who have such a, a complex backstory for both of them mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're putting them out for a regular audience to see uh, with uh, all they know about them is really what's been introduced in the MCU. Um, so they, they have this, these, this idea that the Vision is this amalgamation and synth- synthetic being of Ultron and uh, Tony Stark and uh, Jarvis and a couple of others, um, but it's that that amalgamation that makes Vision's personality. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we have um, uh, Wanda Maximoff, who is uh, who, who is this essentially a mutant whose ability was not to do really impossible things at first. Uh, her her powers originally was. To create these hex fields oh, okay. which, um, create these improbable events. They're not impossible, but improbable. Events.
0: So she can, can she can manipulate probabilities? Yeah. yeah she can oh, okay.
1: uh, manipulate probability fields. Now... Does it work like di- Domino
0: in, in, um, in uh, Deadpool? Or, well, there's, or there's actually
1: a couple of uh, characters that are very much like that. And, uh, one of them is uh, Spider-Man's Black Cat. And the other one is, um, a uh, long shot of uh, the X Men, if uh, you remember him, or if uh, you know that's you cool. him. That's um, cool. So what?
0: Th- yeah, yeah. Oh, keep talking too
1: Yeah, long. Uh, long shot is is essentially lucky, so that's little thing. But uh, anytime you work with uh, probability fields, it's essentially anything that works in favor for you. If you're around that other person, something unfavorable is going to happen to somebody else. So <gasps> it's really weird, um, but uh, taking that premise, you have Wanda and Pietro and Pietro's the. The speedster that runs around.
0: Tone Brother? Something
1: yeah. real quick. Uh, but uh, to manage that, what she did is she uh, met up with Agatha Harkness, who uh, was a real witch, and essentially helped her control these abilities so that she, you know, rather than these hex things happening randomly, uh, she had a little bit more say in what, went, what happened. And eventually, what happened was uh, as her mutant abilities began to get stronger and stronger and more out of control. Uh, more things that were less improbable and more almost impossible <laughs> happen. <laughs> um, for example, uh, the entire conception of uh, William and Thomas is just crazy. Uh, but you you do can, you can sort of understand what happens in the sense that vision is not really contributing anything <laughs> to yeah. these children. Um, you, you think about the genetics of it. You have uh, because later we find out in the comic books that we have Speed and Wiccan uh, that you know come up as uh, teenagers in the Young Avengers. Okay. But um, what are Speed and Wiccan? What we have is Quicksilver, and we have you know a, a witch-like you know person that does magical stuff. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so everything is one hundred percent on Wanda's side. So that's that's another thing. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. But, I did uh, notice uh, that. During we thing. have uh, we have a very okay. complex. Uh, character story, specifically with Wanda. Uh, a lot of what, yeah, uh, essentially what we also have is uh, we we have the entire House of Them thing that might be going on as far as I'm cons- uh, as so, far as I can guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so that she's, so. The, she's either sleeping or she is she has completely snapped. Um, the thing I was trying to reconcile is. Uh, Wanda is okay in Endgame and mm-hmm. Wanda loses the Vision in uh, in Infinity War. Yeah. So between that is a five year period. <laughs> Alright? So yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like, well what happens with the snap of th- this horrible traumatizing event where she's really connected with this artificial being and this, uh, this being who has this very a complex algorithm going on in his head that eventually starts love and once again it all depends on how far back you want to go into the Vision's backstory in mm-hmm. the comic books which uh, is is really complex because you can ask the simplest question about the Vision and most people will get the answer wrong um, okay. <laughs> like uh, you, can, you can ask well what issue did the Vision first appear in in Marvel Comics? Okay. And people will say, well, it was Avengers weather. And I was like, no, it's Marvel 1, because he was, in essence, the Human Torch android, uh, which oh. they actually showed in um, Marvel, the first Avenger. You saw that uh, there's, one, there's one very specific scene at the World's Fair where yeah. they're showing this blonde guy inside a uh, uh, glass tube, almost like an exhibit, and that is the android that if it's not in the glass tube and air gets into it, he'll just go on fire. Because...
0: I, l- I like that he's he. Uh, you mentioned the android version of him because looking back at it, he does kind of look like Human Torch on fire, except robotic. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. That's just,
1: and that's just and just it. What we, from a comic book point of view...
0: Which is the whole reason I asked you to come on the podcast because uh, you've read all the comics.
1: Uh, I, yes, I have read all of the comics. Yes. Um, but... <laughs> Like um, I, I I've
0: met a lot of comic book enthusiasts, and you know your stuff, good sir.
1: Well, I thank you, sir. Um, yeah. And as I said, the 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 origin of the Vision is got a lot of holes in it, in the sense that we don't quite understand exactly who he is because at one point uh, the Vision meets the Human Torch in modern day, and there was some manipulation with Amortis, and essentially Amortis is also, is also going to be. Uh, uh, involved in this uh, Next Avengers arc With mm-hmm. Kang Because Kang is a Is a previous version of Amortis. Mm-hmm. Eventually mm-hmm. what happens is that um, Kang One of Kang's counterparts uh, Decides to retire And he goes back to ancient Egypt To become Ramatut again And rule ancient Egypt As a benevolent ruler And decides that he has to interfere With one of his past events as Kang and utterly fails in that, uh, which essentially uh, turns into the death of uh, one of the characters, one of the Avengers at the time was called the Swordsman, and he was the guy that trained Hawkeye. Oh. Um, but uh, his big thing was that he couldn't prevent his death of himself killing him. Um, and in that, he did a long meditation and ended up in limbo, and uh, there, there was a group called the Timekeepers that assigned... Um, Immortus Kang, uh, this 80 millennia uh, stretch of time that he has to look over as sort of an initiation. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he becomes this time master, uh, sort of being that uh, not like Kang, uh, who was basically bent on conquest and evil, but more of a, a, a peaceful, neutral figure to come and uh, do do things to manipulate the time stream on the, uh, on the basically on the side of the order. Okay. Um, so, uh, in all of that, somehow he gets involved and he uh, s- sees the divergent timeline between the Human Torch and uh, Vision and basically comes up saying, no, you're both the same being. You're just, you know, two divergent paths that happen to come together. Um, but there was a lot of confusion as far as who the Vision was. You have... Uh, you actually had the question of was he the Human Torch, and there was some uh, there was some question because the same guy that invented the Human Torch, a guy named um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, he was uh, phineas phineas T. Horton. That's his name.
0: Ooh. That's an awesome name.
1: Yeah, it is. It's just like uh, if you needed to have a scientist or you know a wacko inventor, that's the guy you want to call. <laughs> um, but in any event, uh, there, he invented a couple of other synthesoids as well, and one of them was called Adam-2. And mm-hmm. Adam-2 was uh, essentially responsible for killing off the second guy who took the Captain America mantle, um, who used to be known as spirit of 76. Um, but uh, he killed him, but he was the same type of red-faced android uh, that... Apparently, Horton found the uh, the problem with uh, keeping the android from going on fire. In order to, oh, yeah. and, and the fire basically came out with uh, problems with his efficiency in absorbing solar radiation and how that would come through his skin and would just naturally go on fire. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, so the, <laughs> the the visions the vision story is quite complex because. Uh, they thought it was this one android. It was a different android. and It was uh, essentially Ultron finding this, uh, you know, basically this used spare part of an android, and said, "Well, hey, let's make this into my uh, my, my weapon." And he yeah. makes him into the Vision, and his vision, his his power His are vision, different. and that's his why vision. he got the name. Yeah, um, yeah, radically different in powers. Essentially, Vision's powers are to control the density of his body, so that. He can go to both extremes. He can be completely intangible, and he can be diamond hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it actually confused me when I was watching uh, Endgame that uh, that the vision gets a uh, essentially a lance. It gets impaled right through him. Yeah, 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 right, right through him. And I said, well, either he didn't see it coming, and just you know, just didn't have the reflexes for it or uh or he 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 just uh he just didn't think of it or something like that.
0: Yeah, um, I think it was very much the element of surprise I think I yeah. got him on that one. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah,
1: but you, you have this character and once again uh then then we we have to attack the fact of well why does he love Wanda? Yeah. Right? Well,
0: uh, can you can you explain that a little bit actually? since, oh, yeah, um sure. a lot of us a lot of us uh including myself uh Fans of the Vision Wanda relationship, but yeah. don't really have much to go off of except this show. Yeah, um, can you talk about like how Vision and Wanda came to be in the comics, yeah. and uh, your thoughts, I guess, of how they are on the show now? Yeah, so. and and
1: there there are you know Easter eggs for you know the the comic book fans who are in the know.
0: Okay. Um,
1: it also it goes to both um, Wanda's backstory as well as the Vision's backstory. Okay. Um, the Vision's backstory is well, when Wanda or oh, not when Wanda when um, the Vision. When the vision was uh, redesigned by Ultron, um, he, he had a, a default personality. He was uh, he was actually a police officer at one point named Jim Hammond uh, back in the forties. Oh. And uh, when when he uh, deactivated himself because he saw that there was a fault within the system, and he just went supernova and went desert. Hmm. Um, so he deactivated himself, and uh, when Ultron found him, he decided that. His brain patterns needed to be replaced in order to be the weapon that he needed him to be. Um, So what he did is uh, he found another, um, there was another character in the Masters of Evil called Mm -hmm. Wonder Man. And Wonder Man is, uh, is a guy named Simon Williams, and he becomes a very prominent Avenger later on. And his big, his big thing is that he's just a really strong guy, and he's got this ionic energy that goes through him, so he never has to eat or sleep or anything. He just has this energy going through him, and it makes him practically immortal. Um, so, uh, what... The, the, the problem with Wonder Man at that point was that he was in this near-death coma, and they had taken his brain engrams and model, and... He, uh, Ultron basically modeled Vision's mind after Simon Williams. And there is a call out within the WandaVision show to just basically let you know that, yeah, we thought about this part. We wanted to to say to, hi to the fans uh, where there was this helmet or hat that was very much like the Grim Reaper. And the Grim Reaper oh. is actually Simon Williams' brother. Um, so oh. that's, that's the big thing with that. So cause a lot of
0: people did mention that on the Easter eggs and the, uh, and yeah. a lot of like the modern, uh, journalism, uh, outlets. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't really understand the significance of that, but that's cool. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was, that big story was essentially that Simon Williams was this industrialist very much like, uh, Tony Stark, except he just wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, while he was trying to take over his father's, uh, tech company, uh, his older brother Simon, who was not a good guy, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Eric. Eric is the uh, the brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eric uh, wound up embezzling like all the money from uh, from his brother, and his brother wound up having to go to jail because of this. And that's how he essentially got uh, pulled in by I think it was uh, Count Nefaria at the time, who was running the Masters of Evil. Um, but uh, he he throws him into this entire process that turns him into Wonder. Used as uh, essentially this evil pawn, by saying, "Well, you know, you're going to be real powerful, but unless we give you the antidote for making you really powerful, you're going to die in about you know a month." So <laughs> it was one of those stories. So uh, he was he was basically doing dirty work, but it was to save his own life. Uh, but anyway, uh, Eric uh, Eric Williams is the Grim Reaper, and his big thing is that he's got this fake arm that looks like a, a scythe and it fires energy bill and energy beams. And uh, he has, uh, he has returned from the dead many times, very much like a, you know, a vampire in a revolving door. (laughs) Um, So uh, (laughs) essentially uh, he's, he's been the the big bad anytime that Wanda and vision and wonder man have this love triangle because uh, if vision one loves Wanda based on those brain patterns, we have Wonder Man, who has the same uh, brain patterns, who's also very much attracted to Wanda as well. But oh, uh, at the okay. same time, they're not rivals, they're more like brothers in, in that sense. But uh, it's it's that arc. Uh, but that's insofar as the vision and, and Wonder Man and how that all plays out. So <laughs> uh, anytime the vision is, well, destroyed or deactivated or has to be rebuilt or something like that... And Wanda finds herself alone and looking for a shoulder to cry on, it usually turns out to be Wonder Man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, in any event, um, but that also ties in with the other uh, Easter egg call-out was uh, one of the ads when there was called Bova Milk, which I thought was really interesting and sick at the same time. Uh (laughs) Um, uh, Bova is another character that's a call-out to um, uh, Wanda. Um, And uh, as I was saying that Wanda's backstory is so complex because one of the basic questions are is is essentially uh, who are Wanda's parents? Um, yeah, they, in the MCU, they're making a point to say that well, there are these two people in uh, Sokovia um, that that raised the two, but uh, there's there's at least three candidates for who the parents could be.
0: Okay. Um,
1: we know that w- w- in the comic books, we know that. Uh, That the Maximoffs are not Wanda and Pietro's parents, although they thought so. They were raised by them, but for the longest time, that's who they thought they were. Okay. But um, essentially, then we had candidate number two, which is uh, Bob and Joyce Frank, uh, which, once again, it could could also be the two that are in these commercials that they keep showing. It's always the same two actors too. It's always this one man who looks very distinguished and and his assistant showing, you know, the new Toaster or the new Strucker Watch or the, you know, whatever whatever we're showing here.
0: I, I gotta be honest, Chris, I didn't even catch that. Okay, keep going.
1: Alright, uh, but we have two people and uh, the the interesting thing about Bob Frank and Joyce Frank is that they are two members of a uh, of, uh, World War II superpower group called the Invaders. Um, they were like the the, the Justice Society for uh, Marvel, but they okay, okay. they worked with uh, uh, Captain America and Bucky, and uh, there was a slew of other characters. Uh, the the Human Torch, as well as his sidekick Toro, um, but uh, yeah, uh, they they helped uh, fight in World War II, and even went further when uh, Cap essentially got frozen um, at the. It was still in the last days of World War Two, so they still had to keep fighting, despite the fact that Cap and Bucky had disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, they they said, "Well, you know, these two can't be Cap and Bucky anymore, but we have a replacement. And we have these two other guys that can do it." So um, anyway, that's that team had two characters called um, the Wizard and Miss America. Now, the Wizard is a speedster.
0: Yes, I remember Wizard. From, uh, yeah, the wizard so, and
1: I uh, They they brought him into the continuity too during the uh, Jessica Jones uh, series. He yes. was uh, one of the people that was uh, that uh, was uh, one of the experiments of uh, 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 Carl. I'm trying to remember his name, but he was he was the mad scientist that was basically working on Jessica Jones's mom and a couple of other people. But he's he was the guy that basically did. Um, Experimentation on people to give them superpowers, and this one poor bastard that basically found himself being a speedster and couldn't control it mm-hmm. uh, was in Jessica Jones. But he called himself the Wizard. Um, but the Wizard was an actual character like this. So Bob and Joyce Frank had gotten married, and uh, they had um, they had two children. Uh, what uh, one child? One child. But they they did in such a weird way that. Um, it, they had it in this place, uh, they, that she wound up having a delivery in this place, which is real pivotal in the Marvel Universe that mm-hmm. will be, I'm sure, explained in detail when uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie comes out. Ooh, okay. um, it, It's called Wondagore, And what? Yeah, wondagore Great name. Just yeah. rolls off the tongue trippingly. Um, but yeah, um... Wonder Gore is, or was, a, um, a scientific, uh, base that was founded by two people. One was a guy named Jonathan Drew, and the other one was, uh, by a guy named Herbert Windham. Um, Herbert Windham, uh, becomes a character that we will all know later called the High Evolutionary, um and Jonathan drew, uh, is the father of Jessica drew who was spider woman. Oh um, shit.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they find this place. It's in, it's they, they buy this real estate and they find that there's uranium on there and they make a fortune mining. Now the problem is, is that they move their families there and all this radiation is causing, well, strange things to happen. In addition to that, <laughs> there's another problem. It's also one of the places that, um, that uh, the demon, um, and I'm trying to uh, pronounce his name properly. And you know, you have to be careful because if you say it wrong, you know, you can actually summon this thing up. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Katan or Kathan or, or it's essentially the god that um, uh, that the vampires all uh, work under with those powers. Uh, so Dracula and all that you know, okay. under under that demon's name. Um, with that, also, uh, it was also one of the places that they held this book called the Darkhold, and the Darkhold is the Marvel equivalent of the Necronomicon.
0: Oh my God, that's amazing! You know why? Because I actually play Marvel's Avengers, the video game, and that's an item that you can get.
1: Oh yeah, later no, it's on. A, Don't even touch it, man! It's horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. There's a book, and I'm like, it kind of looks like the uh, the uh, the Book of the Dead, but yeah,
1: kind of looks. Except it's the repository of all the dark magic in uh, the Marvel universe, and that's balanced out with the Book of the Shanty that's that cool that Doctor Strange keeps in his uh, mansion. Um, but um, the dark hole, I think, also ended up in uh, Doctor Strange so that he can watch over, you know, make sure that no one else takes it. Um, <laughs> but the, the problem with the dark hole is that if you touch it or whatever, uh, the disease of lycanthropy, uh, like, uh, like lycanthropy, the werewolf disease, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, lycanthrope. Um, that will happen to anyone who tries to read it or <laughs> you'll you know, congratulations. Not only will you be a werewolf, but your, all of your ascend, uh, descendants will be as well.
0: Holy crap. That's yeah. amazing. and horrifying, but amazing. at the Yeah. Same time.
1: yeah it's, it, it's awful. But it, I mean, the, they made an entire series called werewolf by night. And that's hmm. basically uh, Jack Russell's origin. That's uh, awesome. That, that his, uh, great grandfather had founded. Essentially he inherits all this horrible curse. Um, but let's get back to Wanda and Wundergar. And all this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I was yeah. like, there's a hard <laughs> not, not left yet. turn. Not, not to okay. go off too far. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Wanda and Wondergar um, uh, essentially what happens is Wanda's real parents, uh, who I will talk about in a second, um, come to give birth to their child at Wundergar right around the same time that Madeline enjoy uh, Madeline Frank, Madeline Frank? Yeah. Madeline enjoys Frank and, uh and uh, Bob Frank have their child and, uh, the midwife is this, uh, evolved cow. (laughs) Yes, it is an evolved cow. And the evolved cow's name is Bova. So, what we have is this Hmm. cow woman, uh, that is a midwife. And uh, the call out (laughs) to the fans were, hey, drink Bova milk. Yuck. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, so, you know, you can have, uh, as much no, cow woman milk as you would want. Um, so that's it,
0: amazing it, that they dropped that in there and that you yeah. caught that. Because, like, these are things that I... Way over my head. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird, but I'll go okay. with it. Um, yeah, uh, and I didn't realize it was such an homage to so many oh yeah, so no, many they, Easter eggs in, in, the, yeah, comics, the, in the comics. the
1: uh, comics. Yeah, the... Uh, Bova's still around, too. I think uh, she pops up every so often. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, but she's the midwife. And uh, the the child that the Franks give birth to uh, seemingly dies. And they're in one room waiting for the good news. And Madeline Frank also dies as a result of childbirth. Mm -hmm. Now, Wanda Maximoff, uh, her her parents also, at the same time, happen to be in Wonder Garden. They give birth to twins. So, um, right after the birth... Wanda's mother, uh, runs away and the father goes looking for her and Bova's stuck with a pair of twins and, uh, also a pair of parents that, uh, you know, we're looking for a kid and they don't have a kid. So she decides to like, Hey, you know, take these two kids. They're yours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, Bob Frank is just so grief struck in because His wife has passed away in childbirth, and he, you know, being the speedster, decides to run away as fast as his little legs can carry him. And um, essentially, they leave, uh, Pietro and Wanda are, you know, there until they can give them away to the Maximoffs, who essentially raise them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But uh, the real parents, apparently, and this subject to change because things happen really in the Marvel Universe... Um, were Magneto and a woman called Magda.
0: Yeah. And I was hoping we get here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. So, uh, Magneto, uh, you know, he, he uh, falls in love with this woman, Magda, and, you know, they were supposed to have, uh, you know, children. And uh, Magda basically saw Magneto for the person that she thought he was at that time. You know, Magneto was a very misunderstood character, at least in the beginning, because, you know, once again, Head of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and um, uh, also the first villain that the X-Men firstly, basically encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a character that, to most people, if they observe how he is behaving, they would take him as being a really awful bad person. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, Magda, you know, runs away. Uh, that was she. Yeah, she runs away, <laughs> um, and Magneto goes looking but leaves the kids behind. So eventually what happens is that uh, when the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants come to uh, to be formed, and I think that's X-Men 2, to tell the truth, um, that's uh, we, we see a collection of mutants uh, that a lot of them have uh, appeared in movies before. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We have the Toad, and we have uh, Mastermind, We have Wanda and Pietro, uh, and Wanda and Pietro are essentially, you know, just the, they're they're part of this group, and we're we're thinking that they are, uh, you know, just villains themselves. And when they pop up into the Avengers, eventually, uh, that's they're greeted with mistrust because they were bad people before, and now you know they were just basically misunderstood. So uh, very much like you know they're introduced in the Avengers, so essentially uh, in, in the MCU. Uh, they, they, they're originally put in as pawns of Baron von Strucker, and uh, Strucker essentially is using uh, genetic manipulation to create these two beings. Um, and, you know, uh, we, we can take a look and we can talk about Hydra, too. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's another key thing that makes me think about um, a lot of the components that have been laid out in Episode Three. So, um, what we have, uh, so let's talk about the bad guys, all right? Let's talk okay. about, let's talk about the bad guys and the other people that could be and, and might be and, uh, who, who we know or what we've seen. Um, a lot of the commercials are the call-outs to what we need to see, and a lot of the, uh, the events that happen show up to, uh, to, uh, S.W.O.R.D., and, uh, those are the good guys, and... What we have is Hydra two that's being just blasted across every <laughs> every opportunity. We can see that Hydra is a presence within the series,
0: within the commercials, particularly. Yeah, within the, every the commercials commercial.
1: and within the newspapers and within a whole bunch of other things that we have. Mm-hmm. That you can see that you know that the producers are desperate to make you think this that there's definitely a Hydra presence here, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, which uh, is the, so
0: like. Uh, if that's the case, what's with the, sh- the sword stuff? With, with the uh, the symbols? And- well,
1: uh, well, we have two opposing forces here. Uh, what we have is the... Uh, uh, what we had with um, Geraldine is... Uh, and uh, I know that a lot of people are talking about Monica Rambo and mm-hmm. who she is, and back to hearken to Captain Marvel and uh, who, who she will eventually turn into. Um... But uh what we have is um, we have a sword, which is an outcropping of shield, um, and they're their extraterrestrial group. and essentially where shield does all their uh, business on earth, sword is to uh, you know basically protect the earth from all these extraterrestrial horrible things that will come in.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I know that the uh, the W has been uh, uh, changed from world to weapon, so essentially. They're, they're expanding or they're basically changing their responsibility to be just basically another outcropping of S.H.I.E.L.D. Interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, so you have S.W.O.R.D. Um, and those are the good guys. And essentially, uh, we're seeing, you know, Cole the S.W.O.R.D. through the helicopter with the S.W.O.R.D. icon, and we see Monica Rambeau's little pendant that says, uh, you know, uh, S.W.O.R.D. on it or whatever, and she gets booted out because well, she's, she's just ruining everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why must you be here? Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so, um, so we have S.W.O.R.D. in there, and I, I think it's also the voice that's been calling out to Wanda, saying, you know, who is doing this to you, and wake up, and they're trying to wake Wanda up, because I, I think basically what we have here is, as I spoke to before, this psychological break that she's either gone into a coma which makes very little sense uh, mm-hmm. of when this must have happened um, I'm thinking it doesn't happen in the current timeline or it does it doesn't make sense that you have uh, Wanda who basically was there during this trauma of the vision being killed in front of him by by uh, Thanos and by herself actually mm-hmm. um, because she was trying to you know kill the vision before Thanos got a chance to pull out the infinity Stone And, uh, she got to experience the death of her love twice in two seconds. Um, so, (laughs) yeah, so that'll, that'll screw you up. Yeah, Um, yeah, totally. But, uh, yeah, but what we also have is she is also a very active participant at the end game five years later fighting Thanos and his horde of, of horrible villains, um, and she's with the other, you know, this this wonderful scene that is with uh, all the other major Marvel female characters that come up, and we're showing our wonderful, you know, girl power pose. And yeah, she's, and we have uh, the Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel and a whole bunch of other ones that are coming straight up front, as well as the. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the, uh, the 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 main warrior is for uh, Wakanda. Uh,
0: oh, uh, that's. Uh... Deny Guerrero's character, I right. can't remember. Yeah, yeah. General right. something, I can't remember.
1: Something or... Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just call her Michonne, I just think she's Michonne and everything. Uh, <laughs> oh, exactly, right, right, yeah. yeah. And Valkyrie and uh, Pepper, Pepper is there too with the yeah. iron suit. Yeah, yeah,
1: Exactly, and so you have this, this, this wonderful homage to the female presence within the uh, Marvel Universe, which is great. Um, but, uh, uh, of those people, Wanda seems to be fine in, in <laughs> fighting everyone. So she's not, she's not in this delusional coma sort of thing at this point. So whatever happened, she got over it and she's moving on. But, uh, we're, we're led to believe that Marvel is, uh, that, that, that Wanda is wounded. I think that's the best word. She's mentally wounded from this trauma. Mm-hmm. That uh, that she's lost the vision, and she wants she's she's if you're following the House of M events, that some traumatic event has made her um, retreat into herself. So she could be catatonic, or she could be uh, she could be sleeping, or whatever it is. But she's um, she's sleeping. So the question is whether or not she's being manipulated to stay asleep, or manipulated to be woken up. And mm. the people who are trying to wake wake her up, I think, is Sword. And the people who are trying to keep her asleep is Hydra. And Hydra uh, is basically doing the call out during the commercial saying, when you want to get away from it, soak in, hy- hi- you know, in Hydroxa or whatever it is. Um, but
0: it's Hydra-soap.
1: <laughs> Hydra-soap, you know, hydra yes, Hydra-soap. <laughs> yeah. So you can just soak your troubles away. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but they're getting her to relax and retreat away from reality. and yeah. basically Keeping her
0: within it. the stream that she's she's got, yeah.
1: Exactly. And and it's not unreasonable to assume that people are going to just retreat from reality. And the problem was with uh, somebody retreating from reality and has the ability to create reality at the same time, her dreams are starting to become real. Hmm. So that's what I see. Um, I know that there's been a call out to other people saying that, well, you know, she she was raised in Europe in Sokovia, and they got a lot of the U.S. shows, and so that harkens back to uh, all the 50s and uh, the, the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s shows. Um, <laughs> But the uh, the fifties, I mean, that's obviously a call-out to the uh, I Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke shows. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And if you
0: notice, they they've been separating them by the decades, which oh, is thought yeah. was really cool. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I, I love the I love the uh, the call out to the Dick Van Dyke show. I mean, that was brilliant, especially with the step and just yeah. like phasing through it in order to not trip over it like Dick Van Dyke did in every episode. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that that's it's, it's just wonderful because I thought that the uh, the director did just such a wonderful job just not only in the photography but just getting the right type of humor was a was a bit of genius and you and i both know this from being writers saying you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 one thing to come up with your own humor but it's another thing to try to replicate somebody else's from yeah uh, getting so and and that takes a certain amount of talent to get your mind to work like Carl Reiner's or something like that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, but you have that. And obviously they're working in the seventies, Brady Bunch, Mary Tyler Moore show and all that other stuff going
0: in. There. Yeah. yeah um, it's the, literally the evolution of the sitcom, even, even like the directional style and, and the oh, yeah. co- uh, types of comedy. It's, it's very brilliant in that sense.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, please tell me that, um, that, uh, oh God, why, why is my mind blanking out? Uh, That's totally fine. <laughs> No, no, I, I'm just thinking of uh, uh, Paul Bethany right yes That's yeah right. um it's uh, just uh, i'm seeing his acting chops is wonderful she's he's he is channeling um rick mayall's uh young ones uh comedy humor essentially when he's doing the drunk bit when he's doing all this other stuff and i'm looking at him like man i didn't think that he could really do comedy this well um, yeah he's, he's doing very really well-rounded
0: well. yeah yeah totally totally agree with you um, um yeah. yeah, it's it's great too because he's been around for a long time now, yeah. so we can finally see him show his range, uh, oh, which is really dope. Yeah, that
1: that was he was the albino in the uh, Da Vinci Code, wasn't he? Or,
0: yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just that, remember him was was he in Match Point? I can't remember anymore. Uh, I want to say, I, uh,
1: <sighs> darn! There goes the hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, as I said, uh, what we have here is uh, we have wanda essentially uh being manipulated in this and i'm what i'm just really really trying to figure out is agatha Har- agnes's uh who is supposed to be agatha harkness yes uh, so now- yeah go ahead. So,
0: a uh, two questions yeah first could you did you talk could you explain who Agatha is? Because every every fan person is just like, that's Agatha and I'm like, Okay. So it's like her, uh, Wanda's mentor. Uh, uh. And then the second part is could you delve into the possible, maybe, but probably we're not sure yet. Connection to House of M. Uh, and yeah, and that's really it. Yeah, sure. No problem. Okay.
1: Alright, well, let's go into Agatha Harkness first, because she's yeah, a yeah. fascinating character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and she's been around for a long time. Um she is, uh, we first meet Agatha Harkness uh, as early as the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she, is, she is a real witch. Uh, she is, you know, bubbled, bubble trouble, toil and trouble, uh, that kind of witch. Um, so cool. uh, a lot of, uh, I, and I've seen a lot of um, speculation as to uh, the, the brooch that she wears around her neck. And uh, it's, it's very interesting because I've, I've seen so many people getting it wrong. <laughs> um, uh, so, all right. So the character in the comic books did wear the, ro- uh, the brooch mm-hmm. around there. It's just a piece of jewelry, if anything. However, uh, the speculation is what's on the brooch, what's the picture on the brooch. And uh, they show three figures on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying, well, it's a witch thing. Well, it is a witch thing, but it's... Um, it's very symbolic of, of basically a call out that it, she is a witch because the three figures are the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And Interesting. That's what they show, and essentially what we could see is, um, uh, somehow she is evolving into either one of the characters on, on there, or but she's uh, this is her call out that she is the witch. Um, so uh she and she and Wanda obviously have a relationship. She was basically one of her uh, mentors to help her control her powers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh Act of um first came about because when the Fantastic Four um came up with the new character of Franklin Storm, who was uh who was Reed and Sue's first child, um the the problem was is that when you're a super team, uh there's not a lot of time for babysitting. Mm-hmm. Uh so they needed somebody who could actually protect Franklin from any bad person that would come and attack their family. Mm-hmm. And so they found Agatha Harkness living in this very old house. And uh, they they quickly discover that she is more than capable of not only, um, you know, taking care and entertaining Franklin, but she has enough magical power to uh, essentially keep any villain at bay. Uh, So the first time that we see her, she's actually uh, doing her best to keep the Frightful Four away from Franklin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) By herself, basically.
0: So she's actually a very high-level or high-powered magic user. Yeah, so
1: essentially she's on the level of... Well, she's not on the level of Stephen Strange, but she's certainly definitely up there. Um, what oh. they don't go See, into I didn't reserve, know that. Yeah, yeah okay what they don't go into is that she actually has uh, almost a constant um familiar with her all the time is this little black cat that she can at well turn into a panther so <laughs> yeah that's that's always a good little trick to have but yeah, uh, yeah definitely but she's been around for a while and she certainly uh has enough uh, uh wise woman wisdom to uh to dish out especially when uh uh, heroes are in their crisis like Wanda or even, even Reed Richards at one point when he had lost his powers and thought that he was completely worthless and Wanda essentially went to him and said uh, well, I can see that the horrible thing is has also affected your mind and he's like, no, my mind is fine he says, well, you know, are you not this genius that essentially did everything? Your stretching powers are secondary to that <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, you know <laughs> you keep forgetting that you're this incredible genius so uh, yeah that was the slap in the face that we need oh yeah that's right I can do that too Um,
0: (laughs) hopefully we implement that too in the uh, I hope so in the uh, next iteration of Fantastic Four
1: I know I'm I'm really looking forward to that too me too and
0: do you know the confirmation already doom Doom.
1: oh oh, yes of course yeah you gotta have him showing up, Doom and yeah. Namor are definitely going to be making their presences there. So yeah, well, right.
0: I think they—they're confirmed. Doom is going to be in uh, pa- uh, Black Panther, but then he's going to—he's basically going to be, from what I understand, like one of the biggest uh, Marvel villains uh, for the MCU for yeah. probably a series of movies. I'm assuming it's as, Doctor. As he should know. be. He, he's yeah, no, know hundred percent. Bad. I mean, you know, you, yeah.
1: You think about like you know the, the one villain that has absolute. Well, I can't say absolute because he, he is a, another match user that a lot of people don't give him enough credit for um, but he is just essentially this super genius on the same same par as Reed Richards um, mm-hmm. a, as, a, as a matter of fact I think Stanley compared the the relationship as uh, Sherlock Holmes to Moriarty
0: so, and that makes sense in yeah. every way possible yeah
1: so uh, yeah that's uh it, it's really interesting because no one knows who's smarter um, and you know they're they're both you know, super geniuses. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, all that with Agatha. Uh, yes, so she's a big part of Wanda's life. She's um, she's taught her out of control, and uh, she's also uh, the person to uh, let her know about her children. Okay. Um, uh, the, the big problem that we discover, at least in the comic books, was, yes, Wanda has given birth to twins. William okay. Right? Um, but, uh, this, this goes back to, uh, uh, some of the later issues of, uh, West Coast Avengers Mm -hmm. where, um, uh, John Byrne had taken over and anytime Byrne got his hands on any title, you knew that something weird and earth shattering was going to happen. Um, and what had happened was that, uh, they hire a babysitter to take care of the twins and all of a sudden twins disappear. No one knows where they went to. They just vanish. And what essentially happened was, uh, or Harkness essentially was able to suss out, was, yeah, um, your magic is basically making these children exist, but the moment your attention, even subconsciously, is taken off of the children, they will disappear until you remember you have children again. Yeah, which is awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so um, they they solidify this uh, through the uh, the two characters of uh, one Master Pandemonium and uh, Mephisto.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that one's the big one that everyone's talking about. Oh, the Mephisto yeah, one. No, if yeah, you cannot
1: have a, a good conversation without Mephisto because you know there's a lot going on with that. Um,
0: one um, would say the devil's in the details. The
1: devil's in the details. <laughs> uh, okay. <Yes>. <laughs> Mephisto <laughs> from Mephistopheles and all that sort of stuff, uh, yes. Um, Mephisto's always a good character because you know whoever's going to be doing a deal with uh, Mephisto is going to get screwed one way or another.
0: Well, I I still think, honestly, that he's going to be introduced in uh, Multiverse of Madness, but yeah, Why continue. Why not? Um, yeah.
1: yeah, so essentially... Uh, uh, essentially, what you had with Mephisto, uh, well, Mephisto's uh, first encounters with the Silver Surfer, um, being that, that ever-present tempting, uh, like, oh, work for me or give me your soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the big breakout first issue with him was uh, he wanted to tempt the Silver Surfer by offering him Shala Ball, who was separated by him. Because she's on Zen Law, yeah, and he's on Earth, and he's trapped on Earth, um, because Galactus essentially said, no, no more, no more spending the spaceways for you, <laughs> since you, you, you know, rotten little fink, you're gonna, you know, basically stay here for the rest of eternity or until, uh, you know, I, I think otherwise, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, once again, uh, so we, what we have is we have, uh, the, the Silver Surfer being this... uh. Very noble philosophical character coming in contact with the actual biblical devil, yeah. and uh, we discover that you know regardless of you know what you think of Mephisto and however he is displayed, it's always looking at him through the eyes and inks and drawing of John Basima. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have this character that is just pure rottenness, um, but it's it's this this corrupting. Sort of character, um, and uh, ironically, I always think about him in the uh, Marvel Super se- Marvel Super Special one, with the first appearance of uh, Marvel actually drawing the rock band of Kiss. <laughs> so he turns out to be the bad guy, and all this, and him and Doctor Doom, or you know, he's, they go to hell and they meet Mephisto. Um, but awesome. <laughs> exactly, and you know, hey, listen, you don't screw with that issue because it's very unique. <laughs>
0: I, I mean, hey, yeah, more to it. No, Power no, no.
1: Uh, do you know about this? This is great. <laughs> this, I love this bit of trivia. Uh, okay. Because uh, it, people who, who constantly write things about uh, the parodies and uh, about Marvel Comics and all the characters, like even the Venture Brothers go into this. Uh, just a call out to that. Um, but uh, the Marvel Super Special number one with Mephisto and, and Kiss, uh, what the Rock Band did for the first printing of the magazines that each of them gave a quart of blood that went into the ink.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is great
1: <laughs> trivia in case you never heard about it. This is just awesome. And yeah, you know, the the first edition that's showing each one of them like donating their blood, it just went into that in those first copies have just had the minutest part of um kiss blood in it. So neat.
0: That's amazing.
1: <laughs> but anyway. Um yeah. So uh, yeah. So Mephisto's a real bad guy, and uh, he—if you make a deal with Mephisto, chances are you're going to get screwed. Uh, Johnny Blaze uh, certainly knows about that, and uh, uh, through whatever deals that he does, either with uh, Mephisto or with uh, other characters. Actually, um, if I remember correctly, um, they even had uh, the Nicolas Cage Johnny Blaze character. Had to deal with Mephisto at one point. Wait, in the in
0: the uh, um, the Ghost Rider movie?
1: Yeah, yeah, the first one anyway, or oh, the first or the second one.
0: Um, Wait, there was two Ghost Rider. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Oh, oh yeah, shit. no, no, because the
1: uh, the two the, the two characters were against uh, Black Thorn. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Is that the name? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he he is the son of Mephisto. And uh, it's one of these father son like you know oh man I'm gonna take over and you don't know what you're doing gotcha yeah, uh, but I'm I'm trying to also remember who played uh, Mephisto I think it, it was um, damn it ah I see his face I can't see his name but uh, he's <laughs> he's fine. this wonderful uh, Irish actor that was in Excalibur and also the, but he he plays Mephisto and um, and I think the other one that it, 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 the other one who played it was um, Peter Fonda. Uh, was in uh, the, the first one playing Mephisto. Oh, cool! Uh, but yeah, uh, but he's he ultimately is the the guy who tells uh, either satanish or uh, whoever is uh, you know you're you're playing for uh, uh, Zarathos's uh, bonding with uh, Blaze, all that. Hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, all right. So the other part of your question. Um, yes uh house of m house of m oh god yes mutants <laughs> yes mutants and yeah. no more mutants and <laughs> those things. yes uh so what we discovered I,
0: i'm about- very confused that we're gonna do no more mutants when we haven't yes. officially done mutants for MCU. Yes, we don't have
1: mutants but suddenly have mutants and then no more mutants and some mutants
0: maybe we'll um, do a reverse where they accidentally create mutants yeah, i don't know yeah. maybe hey, how about some mutants you know yeah there you two, go they're small yeah. Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, so we have, um, we have, uh, House of M, which goes back to this, uh, this Wanda coma, uh, period of her life.
0: hmm
1: And, um, she, uh, this is, this happens right after, uh, Avengers disassembled. So, okay. uh, she has this horrible, uh, this this fight and uh, Hawkeye apparently dies and um, uh, Wanda somehow goes into this coma as a result and um, while she's in this coma uh, she is I, I think she's actually taken to Genosha
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and she is she is sleeping and dreaming and uh, in all of this. Uh, she begins to reverse the, uh, balance of humans to mutants. So, in her reality, uh, the mutants are the dominant culture on Earth. Um, and it's not a terrible place, but it's a, it's a terrible place if you're human. Um. (laughs) If you're a mutant, or if you're one of the X-Men, things are okay. You know, you're, you're part of the, the celebrities and the echelon, um, and they're all being run in this... Uh, essentially, what we have here is a first family of mutants, all being run by Magneto. And, of course, if it's being run by Magneto, what we have here are Magneto and his family being the House of M. And Magneto's family is Wanda, Pietro, and uh, all subsequent... Descendants of that, as well as uh, so that's
0: other. why it's named House of M. Um, yes, mind blown. It's
1: Magneto, and, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Very uh, cool. yeah. So, yeah, uh, so, and I always think about this because uh, I, I think my favorite character, well, my two favorite characters in the Marvel Universe one is dead, and one is not. Uh, it's, I'm an old Spider Man guy, so I always try to keep up with that. Um, but uh, my other character, who is uh, passed on, <laughs> has never been brought back, <laughs> is uh, Captain Marvel, uh, who uh, was the uh, was pointed at um, in the Captain Marvel movie, but they gave him a sex change to be uh, uh, the the, uh, the inspiration to uh, Carol Danvers. Um, in the comic books, uh, she is a man, and probably one of the probably one of the best characters that Marvel had come up with, uh, because mm-hmm. he was the first flagship character that they had, and uh, he worked in conjunction with um, a, another favorite character, Rick Jones. Um, and it was it was very much like the Billy Batson uh, Shazam relationship, except. I think back before they actually decided that Billy Batson was still mentally in control of both characters as an adult or as a boy, mm-hmm. um, what we had with uh, the Captain Marvel character is you had him with the two uh, Negabands, and what he would do is he would slam them together, and their atoms would exchange because uh, Marvel was trapped in uh, the negative zone. If you don't know about the negative zone, you certainly will by the time the Fantastic Four movie comes about. Okay. Um, But uh, that's an entire universe made of antimatter, and the positive universe has us. So they would switch places. So Rick Jones would go into the negative zone, and Captain Marvel for three hours would be the the hero of the day, and then they would switch back after that. And he was actually uh, one of the first characters to face down on Thanos. So uh, if, you, oh. if you ever get your hands on uh, the life of Captain Marvel, it's essentially Jim Starlin's run in introducing Thanos to the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, his, his uh, campaign to get the Cosmic Cube to just basically take over reality. Um, and uh, the, after that, they came up with the Infinity Gauntlet to be the next MacGuffin for that.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, so House, House of M basically ends with or starts with, uh, you know, switch over from humans to mutants, and then um, I, I, I think another time, uh, essentially, Wanda just basically says no more mutants, and then uh, I think only a handful of mutants survive that assault on uh, reality. Yeah, that's the
0: <laughs> big uh, the big takeaway I remember from House of M. But yeah, but, yeah. I,
1: but this is this would be the way to. Um, <laughs> Settled down all the, uh, the, the, the the contract problems with the studios that sold off Marvel piecemeal where Fox owned all the, the mutant characters of the X-Men and Deadpool and everyone else and Spider-Man. Oh, see, I
0: never even thought of it that way, yeah. but you're right. That'd also be really tragic, but yeah. Yeah,
1: think about that, saying, well, Disney now has Fox and they have, now have the, the X-Men, so bringing them aboard, let's let's rewrite reality. It's the same thing with, um, uh, yeah. when, when you looked at, uh, to, to put on my DC hat for a moment, mm-hmm. uh, when we had uh, the Crisis, Crisis oh, yeah. And and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, CW, uh, that, that had the Arrowverse in it, and it was the first thing I saw when they brought, yeah, when they brought aboard Super, uh, Supergirl, mm-hmm. and they had to go across different universes to the vibrational planes and to do all that, that's a harken out to Gardner Fox's uh, Flash of Two Worlds, where uh, you had Barry Allen and then you uh, had Jay Garrick on Earth 2, and in order for Barry Allen to go to the other Earth, is that he would have to change his vibrational frequency in order to go to the other dimension and, you know, do that team-up. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, what happened with Crisis on Infinite Earths, eventually, especially in uh, the, the comic book um, is that all of the worlds started to merge together, and what did that do? Well, it allowed um, DC Comics to bring its other comic companies that it had bought. So it had bought Charlton Comics, it had bought um, Fawcett Comics, it had bought a whole bunch. So now you have uh, you have all the alternators like Earth C was for. Um, was was for uh, the uh, the Fawcett characters, and then you had the Charlton universe. So now, now we have all the uh, Charlton heroes like uh, the Blue Beetle and um, uh, Peacemaker, who's going to be in Suicide Suicide Squad. Was uh, Oh, Charlton, sweet. That. Yeah. Um, and uh, the you also had the uh, what was uh, the Freedom Fighters that was with Uncle Sam and all them. Um, But uh, the other thing was You also had the the Fawcett Shazam Marvel family in there uh, Brought over To the main continuity Of uh, Earth One So they all merged at once at the end of that And it's the same thing that they did In order to get all of the other um, Shows And to not only merge them Together but also limit the amount Of uh, worlds that they were there Hmm. Uh, In the sense that they were trying to do both Crisis on Infinite Earths and 52 at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, they didn't want to have to bring um, Burt Ward as the, you know, the old Robin
0: <laughs> yeah, into yeah, that yeah.
1: world, but at the same time they wanted to also uh, introduce the fact that, yes, all of these DC spin-offs are somehow related so that the flash of the Justice League movie could also be uh, Accessible to the Flash of the Arrowverse, and the way they did that way, but um, that yeah. that was the way they were able to integrate uh, things that were of different companies and contracts, and just right into the continuity that way. So yeah. now we have it with Marvel, with the Marvel Studios. So uh, no one quite knew where Namor came from because I think Universal Studios actually had him for a little bit. Mm -hmm, Um, And uh, I think even um, part of the uh, licensing for the Hulk was also with Universal. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, while we had one movie with the Hulk, we basically got uh, probably no more Hulk movies, but we did get the Hulk to be a semi-permanent fixture of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. So we have that. But Namor is now going to be, uh, I understand it, one of the characters is going to be in the next Black Panther movie.
0: Oh, that's dope. Okay. Yeah.
1: So we have that, and you got to think about this. So in the Black Panther movie, what we have here is um, a, a, a possible plot where not only does it involve characters that are these supervillains and superheroes that will, you know, duke it out, uh, but we also have characters that are heads of state. So we have a character like Namor, who is the head of state for ah. Atlantis— we have yeah. a character like Doctor Doom, who is the monarch of Latveria. Yeah. Um, we have, um, essentially, we have the Fantastic Four, who basically have to deal with both of those characters. Um, especially with, uh, you know, the, I think uh, Black Panther was like uh, FF number four or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you have all of these characters that are going to be coming to the plant with uh, Wakanda. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> think about it that way. Um, that's but, pretty cool I didn't even
0: realize that until now oh, okay.
1: yeah so it, there are other characters obviously that uh, are also heads of state I think I wrote an article about it one time when I was talking about the uh, the 10 richest characters of the Marvel universe and I think at the top <laughs> at the very top is the Black Panther uh, because yeah. you know when when you own the only source of vibranium <laughs> on the
0: planet yeah you kind of you you know. pretty
1: much corner the market on that and you know you're you're controlling the market regardless and that's pretty priceless so yeah so uh you
0: have that yeah doom is Uh, also up there uh so house of m how does it connect do you think to multiverse of madness or for that matter wandavision might connect to that because from what uh, i understand wanda is supposed to be featured in the next dr strange movie so so. this is
1: this is interesting and see if you can it, it, it comes to a point of understanding how uh people sleep In the Marvel Universe And It's interesting because There's such a connection To dreams Um The way the comic books Have basically Explained Uh The concept Of a nightmare Um Now A character that Is supposed to Feature prominently Within the next Doctor Strange movie Is one of his Earliest foes Called Nightmare And Nightmare is a demon Nightmare is a demon like Mephisto and they're all, you know, basically having to answer to each other, whatever it is. (laughs) But Nightmare is in charge of what they call the Nightmare Realm. So, when people go to sleep, is uh, the way Marvel metaphysics works, that when you go to sleep, uh, somehow you sometimes release your astral self, your subconscious self, into (laughs) into a dream realm. And it goes into the nightmare realm where all common nightmares happen. And Nightmare, the the character Nightmare, governs over this dimension. And his job is to essentially torture you mentally. Um, So you have this demonic entity in charge of this horrible dimension. uh, Torturing souls, of which one of them could be wanda Hmm. so you can look at it that way but in essence if that tie-in is made with wanda dreaming and sleeping and uh all the participants that are with her in the town of westview which incidentally is in new jersey um (laughs) so that could also be um the, the residents have found themselves into this dream world that turns into sort of a nightmare, which appropriately is New Jersey. <laughs> um, <laughs> but essentially what we have here is we have um, a, a group of people who are probably sleeping and trapped in here, and they are the, the, the players, all the world's a stage, and uh, that's that's the thing that's called after the vision says, uh, the line in Shakespeare from mm-hmm. I think As You Like It. Um, but uh, all the worlds a stage, and we are just merely playing our parts. Uh, so those people who are in this nightmare dimension are also sleeping and also participants and trapped here as well, along with Wanda. So you probably have this whole bunker full of sleeping people that used to be in Westview. Um, and all going along with the way that Wanda is driving either the realities and dreams that she is making through her powers um and I think what's eventually going to happen is that we're going to find out that this is being manipulated by Nightmare um however what I'm trying to tie together is how Hydra and Sword are fitting into this how is Hydra working with such horrible metaphysical characters as Mephisto and um Nightmare into this, unless it's just you know the opportunity. If this is working out better for them, or uh, or maybe it's a byproduct of uh, these are the these were the um, bad times that Wanda had while she was being held either as a, a prisoner or she was being raised by Hydra or, or whatever it was uh, mm-hmm. that Strucker was doing. And uh, and once again, the other thing that they're calling out to, which unfortunately I did not get to. Uh, chest to address is aim um because that is a really really big component of what they're talking about because they're talking about the the, uh, the constant um throwing of the hexagons to uh everything that you're seeing in there and uh the the mcu version of aim is uh this that's that's part of their logo um, yeah we saw in iron man 3 yeah um with the uh, development of the extremist uh, Product as well as uh, All of that and what AIM is is an offshoot of Hydra um, So that's that's the thing that is the relationship Between we have Hydra and AIM and uh, it, I mean AIM has a couple of offshoots That eventually become entities unto themselves But what we have here is Hydra uh, and then we have uh, Another group that you know Called Them um, uh, Marvel was really good about Uh know using all of its pronouns because
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. you had <laughs> you had him and her and them and it and a whole bunch of other things and it's like well what other pronouns can we use uh they and us and whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yeah so uh it, it, the other thing I'm, I'm joking about him and her well him him is adam warlock and her is uh is uh oh, what, what was what was the name that she gave because i always think of her as her But she was the gold lady in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, so that's her. Um, uh, And uh, let's see, it was was the stone living colossus that has been since destroyed, and them is a group in Hydra. So there's that. (laughs) Um, That's amazing. Yeah, right? So, you know, Stan just wanted to sit back and say, all right, well, you know, who's using these pronouns, so why don't we grab them? Um, <laughs> Just from like bag. Yeah, you know, uh, let's let's yeah, let's use that for licensing. I want to you know license these pronouns. Um, <laughs> we don't have I yet, so there's that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so so essentially, what we have aim, and aim is the science division of Hydra. They do all sorts of horrible things. That is led by um, a horrible entity called MODOK. Which yeah, the, the acronym is called uh, Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing, um,
0: mm-hmm. and he'll be played by Patton Oswalt on the Hulu series.
1: I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Th- that
0: one's supposed to be like an animated comedy, though, but okay. not related at all to this.
1: Well, and that's the other thing that no one's talking about is this multiple uh, the multiverse of madness. Yeah, uh, all being triggered by the fact of Endgame. And the time traveling, and essentially the, we're, we're also spinning off into Loki, and all of that comes up to the concept of what if. So what if is supposed to be another Disney series that they're talking about. Essentially that's mm-hmm. going to be animated, um, but you would have to, um, only for the reason that there's so many stories that you could break out that – either happened or never happened it's always hosted by the watcher the watcher mm-hmm. who is uh Uto, who lives on the blue area of the moon and no And
0: we've gone. already met him in uh, in yeah. uh, the movies yeah
1: we did we saw him uh you know stan was having a nice little powwow with that in the middle of mm-hmm. the, you know the end scenes but uh yeah uh the uh Uto, the watcher is essentially explaining yes you saw this play out in our universe but this is how it also could have played out and uh, saying that you know these divergent timelines that have happened, um, I think I also heard in one of your previous podcasts that they were trying to explain how Loki is supposed to go.
0: Yeah, we we still don't really know. Well, I, I have an idea.
1: I don't. <laughs> know. Okay, shoot yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so here's so what happened was uh, we knew through Endgame that Captain America goes back to the uh, first Avengers movie where uh, they they fight Loki. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, Loki got, uh, grabs the Tazarak space stone, and uh, I, I saw the uh, I saw the trailer on, on uh, Disney Channel, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, essentially he, an earlier version of who he is, lands on this this desert world uh, controlled by. Um, uh, I, I would imagine it could be, actually be the the Timekeepers, but mm-hmm. because we have. Now, the concept of alternate versions of of everyone, almost alternate infinite versions of other ones. We have (laughs) alternate infinite versions of Loki. So That's true. um, Loki has the very unique position of not only being the protagonist, but also being the antagonist.
0: Oh my god, I never even thought about that.
1: Yeah, so he is going to be looking for himself, who just loves to cause trouble, because he is the god of mischief. Um, so he is, uh, yeah, so he's apparently causing, uh, uh, problems within the multiverse or within all the, uh, different dimensions other than the 616 universe. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we have, we have all of that. Uh, but, uh, it's, uh, I, I, saw the trail. I don't know if you did or not, but, uh, I, I love the fact that they got, uh, Luke Wilson to be one of the characters now. So they they brought him aboard. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. To be one of the timekeepers. Uh, to explain to him what he has to do because uh, after he landed on the planet he's, he's ushered in to say yeah you're being recruited um, but that's, that's essentially he's, he's going to be the protagonist to clean up everything that his alternate versions are doing to mess everything up <laughs> so that's going to be awesome I think, I hope uh, I'm looking forward well- to that in uh, uh, the Winter Soldier um, uh, Falcon movie
0: we yeah, that that's movie. coming out immediately after Wandavision, if I remember. Yeah, right. so. uh,
1: they, I, I had heard uh, COVID. Yeah, that was the reason why it was delayed. It was Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, the way that's gonna work. But uh, they, there's so many good things that are coming along with. Uh, I know, and I'm super excited. Stuff. Um, and it's it's hard for me to divorce my uh, love for the you know the original comic timeline to what goes on in the uh, MCU, mm-hmm. and I I think Fei is essentially trying to merge the two as much as he can because it's going to be the ultimate say on what is canon and what is not, Um, but it's, uh, at the same time, he has to be very, very careful not to alienate people who have, you know, basically said, well, you know, this is the mythology I know, and Marvel Yeah, no, and
0: I think he he does a pretty fantastic job of blending it all together. Yeah. Um, I am excited for a Star Wars movie whenever that comes out, so... Um, yeah. And it's
1: it's it should be very good. Um, yeah. I I like the fact that, uh, that when you talk about mythology and a lot of people talk about well you know what's what's the biggest mythology know and people throw out the Tolkien verse and they throw out the Star Wars universe. You have to yeah. look at DC and Marvel have been doing this since the forties, um, and Marvel until uh, relatively recently. Had the same continuity pretty much with only a couple of uh, retcons. Um, That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that all of this, yeah. and you're talking about uh, you're talking about a, a universe that really does span um, not only Captain America and all of the superheroes that go along with it, as well as all of the westerns that Marvel had written. As well as at one point, uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian. Um, Conan's
0: technically uh, Marvel.
1: It was at one point because oh, uh, I know that they definitely had uh, they definitely had their rights for a while. I don't know they still I don't think they still possess it, but at one point they did. And mm-hmm. even that is interesting because um, I, I I know that you had read a little bit of Lovecraft
0: yeah.
1: at one point, but uh, the thing I was uh, uh, there, there's a great special on Amazon Prime um, talking about uh, the life of HP uh, Lovecraft and mm. um, in essence uh, we found that uh, Robert Robert Howard uh, very t- I was very tempted to say uh, Robert Jordan but he's a circle of time mm. um, but uh, Robert E Howard who wrote the character of Conan was very close friends with uh, Lovecraft. And essentially, oh, they shared this, they shared the same universe of monsters and horrible things that had come up. <laughs> so when you're reading, when you're reading Lovecraft or when you're reading Conan, you have to realize, yeah, all those horrible things. They, they, yeah. <laughs> so when he
0: discuss- was a barbarian, yeah. he was like fighting some of the crazy. Yeah. Oh, dem- yeah. Okay. You're
1: okay. Talk- oh, and uh, I mean, if you get your hands on, and, uh, I mean, I, I was happy I got it, uh, even these black and white issues that you find, of uh, the Savage Sword of Conan, is just some of this wonderful um, sword and sorcery and just this fantastically illustrated uh, uh, these these wonderful tales of Conan having to fight these horrible monsters, and you get to see, like, an inkling of it in the um, oh, uh, who's the actor who played uh, Aquaman again? I keep
0: oh, uh, Jason Momoa.
1: Yeah, Jason Momoa. Oh. Uh, it, when he did uh, the the version of Conan back in twenty eleven. Um, oh that, my god! The, the, <laughs> the monster design that they came up with that he had to do with all these tentacles and all. I mean, that is very true to the stories that were written. So uh, a lot of the stuff that were written in uh, in. Howard's uh, serial books about Conan the Barbarian, as well as the uh, the Basima and uh, uh, other other drawn stuff of uh, of, of Marvel, um, are, are just just so that tremendously fantastic art, uh, especially even even knowing that they, they bring forth crossovers uh, over time with characters mm-hmm. like Spider Man and Red Sonja, um, that that happens. That that that's a harken out to uh, characters like uh, that. that these horrible wizards, like uh, 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 Ulan, something or other. Oh my god! Uh, but he's, <laughs> but they uh, but even characters that you know from the X Men were present in that Hyborian Age. Like uh, Celine, who was part of the X Men, um, was around during that time, and the the. The, the gods and the vampires and that evolved during that time were right around that Atlantean uh, adventures that were back then. So uh, once cool. again, they talk about the richness the the richness of the Marvel Universe and how vibrant it is, and all the generations that they have of that, and even the alternate futures that go up to the you know the the original version of the Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, with Charlie twenty seven and all those other ones. I don't even know if, you, if you're aware of those, but yeah, they, there was a whole group and a whole timeline of the descendants of these Marvel heroes of the present time, of the descendants of Wolverine, and uh, the fact that Wonder Man is alive like a thousand years from now and still fighting the battles back there. But uh, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: it's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. And I, I didn't realize how much it encompassed. Or for the Because fa- I always thought uh, comics just naturally retconned every ten years. I didn't know Marvel... Well, has yeah, kept that, it.
1: that has been. That seems to be the way that they go. But the interesting part about anything that happens uh, in the future versions of uh, these timelines uh, that sometimes they will just change. Like there was an entire, uh, there was an entire subplot of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as they with Peter Quill and all that uh, that cool. he gets uh, trapped into this uh, this future version that. Every so often, he would watch uh, versions of some other character change as some things in the past were manipulated. So <laughs> it's it's really weird to see that happen, but uh, it, I think it goes to the the storyline was called the Realm of Kings, uh, huh. but it was uh, it was dealing not only with uh, Peter Quill and how they were trying to prevent Adam Warlock's uh, alternate version of. What they call the Magus Who is uh, this this Horribly evil um, Version of himself That essentially established This entire religion Around the, the, the galaxy By <laughs> it's, just, it, it's just so complex And it's one of these things that Jim Starlin Thought of at one point Where they played around with timelines And essentially uh, it was Adam's Adam Warlock's Responsibility to Prevent that incarnation of himself from existing before interesting it, uh before he could establish this religious like cult that would happen all around the galaxy bent on evil so it's yeah it's
0: it's again, pretty it's marvel. pretty amazing yeah. how how crazy it, and encompassing uh marvel has gotten over the years yeah. uh all right so i think we've talked a lot about the history of comics we've talked need? a lot about the comic roots of Wanda. Uh, final thoughts on the first three episodes, and what what do you think? Uh, uh, what do you, how are you liking the series and, and the whatnot? Oh,
1: I love the series. It's it's mm-hmm. really good. It's um uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the complaints that I read on on various boards
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: come from people who don't understand what's happening, and you have to bear with people like that. Like you know, you don't see the vision. Wow. Yeah. Um, but at, at the same time, whenever you watch. Shows like this, um, like, uh, i trying to re- also remember the other series that I, I think the same makers had done for um, uh, Professor Xavier's uh, child. Um,
0: oh, uh, Legion. Legion, right. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that's, uh, if you watch Legion from beginning to end, it's a very trippy show one way or another, um, mm-hmm. and uh, half the battle is trying to figure out, well, what the hell's going on? And figuring out the timeline, which you don't figure out until like I think like the, the ending, of the second season, where you find out, well, when does Charles Xavier meet Gabrielle Holler and when do they have the child, and it sort of explains later that we have this entire sixties motif running through the entire show, and trying to figure that out with mm-hmm. uh, everything that's going on. So um, half of the allure of what's going on with WandaVision, I believe is just the uncovering and rediscovering of what's going on and trying to manufacture the possibilities of what might happen. So it will keep you going to the next episode saying, well, you know, suddenly we're in a different type of sitcom. Like, well, why is that happening? And why, why are we evolving from one sitcom to the next? And we start off with the I Love Lucy type and we're evolving to, you know, nineteen uh, 1960s com, uh, comedy and sitcoms to 1970s. So we're looking at a progression of uh, a story arc that's happening. And as we're looking at this progression, certain things are being revealed to us. And it's a puzzle. We're all putting mm-hmm. together the pieces one episode at a time, and the common complaint that everyone is having, saying, "You're only giving us a half an hour." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was like you know, just as we're just getting into trying to like suss out what might be going on, end of the show, and like, <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna wait another week. Okay, well, at the same time, it's a brilliant marketing ploy because it's the same marketing ploy that that, uh, that Disney had with the Mandalorian. -hmm. Every week we have a new episode. You're going to come back every week, and you're going to watch what we have to show you. And it's going to get more subscribers. It's going to make more money. It's going to do this, and we're going to keep going. So what we have here is a a very interesting, intricate plot. That if you listen to what Paul Bethany had to say, that all will be revealed, um, (laughs) which I I do take him at his word. um, But uh, there, there's a lot going on. And nothing is to be taken at face value.
0: 100%.
1: So looking at that, and people are trying to say, all right, you know, I have to marry this to what I've known in the comic version of these two very, once again, very complex characters. Um, What is going to happen? And what do we know and what we're discovering? What are we discovering? We're discovering that Wanda Maximoff is a very, very powerful character. Why? Mm -hmm. Because she sees something that she doesn't like and instantly it's gone. It's rewound to an alternate version of what's about to happen. Like, Vision starts to suss out, I don't think something is quite right. And all of a sudden, blink back to the past of like, hey, I'm just going to be supportive of you in the next two seconds that evolve so at that same time and that's also evolved by uh the the call out of the beekeeper that comes out of a manhole once again that should tell you a lot the, the alternate theory about the beekeeper is that the the character swarm which i don't know if you know about swarm and i you know i don't know how much time you want to listen to me <laughs> babble about that but that's a spider-man villain of a skeleton that is the mental uh the the, the mental boundaries of a Nazi scientist basically eaten by bees all the time. And he can, <laughs> he can unleash these bees to basically kill or maim people or whatever it is. Um, hmm. But uh, I think his name is Fritz von Meyer. It's about as German and Nazi as I can think of. But he was a <laughs> German Nazi scientist who's basically a skeleton of bees. Um, so um, we have that character, but I don't think that's going to be the call out. Call-out is the actual beekeeper uniform that looks very much like the uh, the AIM uniform. And uh, essentially, uh, there that is a huge thing because we have all these hexagons, very much like honeycombs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going in there, but I don't think we're talking about actual bees. But what mm. we do have is, uh, there's a lot of other people who are drawing other allegories from it saying, you know, well, if you have a beehive... How do beehives run. It's a hive mentality controlled by a queen. Alright, we have a hive mentality uh, controlled by a queen. Who is the central character of this story? It's Wanda. Wanda is the queen. Wanda is the queen who is basically manipulating all the workers around her.
0: Yeah, I didn't even catch that. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, but you can look at it that way. Uh, But, and what is Vision? Vision Vision is pure reason. He is an artificial being with an artificial mind and he is difficult to pull the wool over his mind he understands things in a very linear sense that hmm. uh he is not going to be sussed he is most likely very much removed from the spell that's being done to most of the people who are who he is surrounded with What he does know is that he does love Wanda and he is, he is in now this relationship with her, whether they're going to be husband and wife and, and he is living with her. Uh, The fact that he cannot remember marrying Wanda is, doesn't matter to him just Mm -hmm. so long as he is with Wanda. The things that he understands is how is it possible that you are going to have a baby in nine hours? Um, That is, that obviously is going to put his hackles up saying this is not right it is impossible for you to do this. So we have the voice of reason all the way through, through the mind of the Vision. What we have with Wanda is we have a broken psyche that is trying to, wound, trying to recover from a traumatic event, and the biggest part of that traumatic event is the fact that the Vision was killed in front of her, and she doesn't want to see him go. She mm. wants to have him with her, and her doing that, whether it's... Recreating the Synthozoid himself and recreating um, him as him is part of her reality manipulating powers in order to go forward. And to have everyone else play in this very idyllic uh, version of reality that can only be manufactured through the concept of sitcoms. This is (laughs) the dream. The dream is... Hey, I'm part of the Dick Van Dyke show. This is the way I know Americans to work, as I am a Sycovian. Can't you tell I am now an American? Yes, we are going forward. We are going to be going through the, the versions of the best realities that I know. So the first reality I know is 50 sitcoms, the next reality is 60s, <laughs> to the next reality of 70s, and then obviously 80s, and whatever comes after that. So... Mm. We have that. Um, the only thing I know is that we're going to see a, a call out to Vision wearing his original costume of the yellow, red, and green sort of thing in the Halloween episode, and Wanda being her Scarlet Witch uniform when you see it. So, yeah, that's.
0: I can't wait for that one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to tonight. I, I'm probably going to recant about, uh, take that about 60% of what I just. Blurted out over well, like the last
0: hour. So, I thought we were going to talk about that one, which is why I was very surprised. But, like, to be honest, I wanted well, to have a comic I, I book how, how uh, history themed episode, the, so this works perfectly. I, I don't know um, how
1: far off or on the mark I am on this, so, uh, you know. Once I, again, I can I, you
0: might see tense when I reacted certain ways, but. Okay. <laughs> um, your 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 knowledge, sir, of like everything Marvel really hits a lot of different topics on <laughs> the money, and there there were some very glaring misses, but that's mostly because um you seem to know all the directions Marvel has gone through yeah. over the years. Uh, but um it, yeah. I think I think you'll like this one overall. But um yeah uh, that's that's kind of it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I was gonna I like normally I have like a big thing to say. I'm like hey, literally touched you touched on everything so I don't well, really that's fine. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, so uh, you know, if if oh, this is a call out to your audience if you liked what I babbled about, um I do have uh, a a site where I've written a lot of uh, comic book art uh articles on that and it can be found on uh, hubpages.com. Uh my uh my you can find it actually at cperruzi c-p-e-r-u-z-z-i uh dot .hubpages.com. And it'll take you right to my homepage full of articles about not only Marvel Comics and DC Comics that I call Superhero 101, uh, or Superhero Academy 101. Um, But in addition to that, I go into uh, Marvel, DC, Sherlock Holmes, Star Trek, or anything else you want to talk about. Um, But uh, yeah, it's uh, all things geek, pretty much. Uh, But uh, just, uh, just a call out to that.
0: Yeah, definitely uh you are a living breathing encyclopedia of this <laughs> stuff man. I, I love i love reading your works they're they're quite brilliant um definitely if you can check that out uh and then uh you know me i'm christian angelus you can follow me on xn underscore angelus on the uh instagram and twitter uh xnangelus.com i'm gonna try really hard to get that website up uh, next month and then um I still have the domain name, still haven't put stuff there in it know. yet. Uh and then uh oh no, I'm forgetting those. Oh yeah, Christian Angelus Writer on Facebook. And of course, all the uh, the podcasts and the uh, articles on theworkprint.com, which is what we're doing this on. Awesome, and awesome. uh that's it. So this was uh Yakity Yak WandaVision Podcast, uh or WandaVision Cast episode uh three point five. <laughs> uh Chris, thank you so much for for being on. You're and, you're welcome. uh yeah, like uh, we'll 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 keep doing this every week until the end of the of the uh, series and stuff. And yeah, cool. I
1: uh, cool. I'd be welcome back anytime or anytime you come yeah. back, I'll be happy to come.
0: No, definitely. I was gonna say like uh, definitely come back sometime. Uh, probably not for one division. No, no problem. But yeah there's, yeah, yeah, there's
1: other stuff going on. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we kind of just changed the programs.
0: title of the podcast fitting to the topic that we're covering. <laughs> or, but it's it's really just the workprint podcast, and then whatever. <laughs> title we're covering. In this case, I did Yakety Yak because it's their song. Ah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening and have a wonderful week.
1: You have a good one. Bye-bye.
0: Alright. And then I, I cut it here but I pretend... We, we need to like wait 30 sec- or It need to record for an extra 30 seconds just no, to sir. fit the theme song in. But um yeah, Chris, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Not and, a problem. My uh, pleasure, actually yeah yeah I, I love all the details like there's a lot of shit that you got down. you could have cursed by the way i probably <laughs> should have said that before uh but there's a lot of stuff that you got down that i was like astonished about and like answer a lot of like pressing questions i had i think oh that's good, it, so. good 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 yeah. i'm
1: looking forward to this i'm um, just uh yeah uh i i will definitely see it tonight <laughs>